figured it out. For voice of reason, the, the solid, hold it down, the beige rage, and the agitator. The Breakfast Club. Everyone just kept telling me to prep for this. One word to describe The Breakfast Club would be black. Impact in the culture. People watch The Breakfast Club for, like, news and really be tuned in, man. I don't even know what to call it The Breakfast Club. It's like brunch. Envy, Yee, and Charlemagne. Wake that ass up, get out of bed, and listen to The Breakfast Club. I'm waking up. Good morning, USA. Yo, 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 yo
Yeah, Secretary Pete Buttigieg. He always pops through when he comes in New York. He's here for the uh, National Action Network convention, so you know he pulled up to the Breakfast Club. Mm-hmm. And also comedian Tony Baker. He'll be joining us. He's going to be performing in uh, Caroline's New York's comedy show this weekend, too. Yes, Tony Baker. The shows Baker. are sold out, though, but yes. All right, yes, well. they are. He definitely can't. Tony Baker campaigned. He was like, I want to go on Breakfast Club, and everybody named Mama was hitting us up yep. uh, for Tony to come on Breakfast Club. So happy to have Tony this morning. All right, well. Let's start the show off with Fabio Foreign. His album is out today. This is a new joint featuring Queen Naj and Coyla Ray. It's called What's My Name? It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. That's hard. Fabio Foreign, Queen Naj and Coyla Ray. Make sure you pick up that Fabio stream that album today. All right. What and Coyle Ray as well. Her album's out today, too. Oh, shout out to Coyle Ray as well. But let's get into some front page news. Where are we starting, Yee? Well, two more black coaches have joined Brian Flores' discrimination lawsuit against the NFL. They both have significant NFL experience, and they accuse the league and its teams of discrimination and paying lip service to minority hiring rules. Now, um, this is all involving the litigation of former Miami Dolphins head coach Brian Flores. He's now joined by Stephen Wilkes, who's a former head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, and Ray Horton, who was most recently the defensive backs coach for the team now known as the Washington Commanders. Wilkes was in charge in Arizona in 2018, and he was discriminated against by the Arizona Cardinals, he says, by being hired merely as a bridge coach and not given any meaningful chance to succeed. Arizona replaced Wilkes then with Cliff Kingsbury, a former head coach at Texas Tech University who had no NFL coaching experience. Uh, Kingsbury, who was white, went 35 and 40 in six college uh, seasons. And despite the services of future NFL star Patrick Mahomes, that's what his record was. Uh, the Cardinals have become a playoff contender under Kingsbury and uh, Kyla Murray. Now, according to Horton, he was the defensive coordinator of the Tennessee Titans when he alleges he was put through a sham interview for the head job in Nashville to satisfy the Rooney Rule, which is a requirement to interview minority candidates. He said he was at home in Phoenix when he was called on January 15, 2016, and told to board a last-second late-night flight to Tennessee to meet with Amy Adams Strunk, who was the controlling owner of the Titans, to interview for the head coaching spot. Uh, he said the ownership there and her family came in and told him he was going to be the head coach before they went through the Rooney rule. And so he said, I sat there knowing I was the head coach in 2016 as they went through this fake hiring process, knowing a lot of the coaches they were interviewing, knowing how much they prepared to go through those interviews, knowing uh, that everything they could do and had no chance of getting that job. You know, they're saying now that that was just a fake interview. Yeah, I mean, it's tough with that with the Rooney rule, right? Because if a, if if a team doesn't want to hire you, but then they have to, it's kind of isn't it like they pandering to you just to just to make well, the they have to interview league, you or interview you just to make sure it's okay for the league. That's right. I wonder, and I wonder how you prove that it's a a fake interview. Yeah, if it's a pandering. Or well, they sometimes really they already know who they're hiring. So imagine they already know, and then they call you in for an interview last minute because they have to. And then remember that any uh, wasn't it a text message that went out to Brian Flores congratulating him for the job? It was the wrong Brian, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder how many jobs feel like that though. I wonder how many jobs do interviews with people but they already know in their mind who Correct. they really, really want. It's like a waste you know? of time, right? Like why have me come up here and and, uh, and give my spiel? But then I'm sure maybe a couple times they thought they had somebody and and somebody impressed them to the point where they were like, you know, what, let's give them a chance. I doubt yeah. it. 
But, you know what I mean? Because if you got somebody on your mind, now you just interviewing me because you have to? Are you going to take that interview serious? Are you really I mean, going to care? So, you know? It's so hard because you know it, right? Like, you can you can look at the NFL and see that there's, you know, discrimination. You know right. that. But it's so hard to prove. Correct. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess the only way is if other people who were being interviewed come forward and say, you know, I already knew I had the job and they were still high, uh, interviewing other people for the yep. position just to, to satisfy this rule or maybe checking emails. Who knows? Yeah, yep. if anybody would but say that's that. that's not going to happen. Nah, but cause, yes. Because then you blackballed. Be you boxed out. That's right. All right, well, that is your front page news. All right, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, phone lines are wide open again. 800-585-1051. Get it off your chest. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake up, wake up. Wake your ass. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Hi, good morning. This is Sandra Doc from New Jersey. What up, Cassandra? Um, good morning, guys. Breakfast Club. This, this is getting out of hand. What, what's your opinion? We have 10-year-old girls and boys now watching porn, Googling the website uh, and watching it. Not only are they watching it, but now they're introducing their little uh, younger cousins to watch it. So what age will we be allowing these kids? I mean, I don't agree. I don't think a 10-year-old, boy or girl, but I was told boys started this age, but, you know, so I don't know. But I, I just don't agree. So I just like to know what we, you know, what the rest of the, the country or you guys think about uh, the age group that should be watching porn. Well, I got and parental control you. on their iPads and their phones, so they can't go to a, a lot of those sites. And my, well, my kids don't have phones. My younger kids don't have cell phones. They got iPads, but I have parental controls, and then I limit the amount of time they can use. So, I mean, yeah, you got to monitor my, your kids, yeah. but it's hard because I remember the first time I seen porn when I was young. It was at my friend's house. Her dad had some tapes. And so that's how I seen it. So I just feel like, you know, you got to have conversations with your kids when they're old enough to. Un- but Cassandra, your question is flawed from the start. Because you said, when do you allow your kids? I don't think you right. ever allow your kids yeah, you know, to watch porn. You don't say it's time. <laughs> it's time. Secondly, I want to talk about the mayor of, of Clark, um, how he made these racist remarks. But how, how you, and then he apologizes. A lot of times when they make these remarks and they apologize, obviously you meant to say it. You were a six-time uh, uh, term mayor. And Clark is a very racist town, one of the racist towns in New Jersey, because New Jersey is, is most, one of the most racist states. So he apologized, but you missed it because that town is so racist, even down to the motor, uh, the violations for coming through there. Uh, motor vehicle violations is the, the fees are just astronomical. It's crazy. And then the diversity. When we talk about diversity, you guys will talk about the NFL and the diversity. Uh, a lot of these entities, companies kill me when they talk about diversity, but diversity is never in the main area. Like I talked about the waterfront yep. harbor of New Jersey how uh, Phoebe Soriel, she talks about diversity, but there's no diversity on the commission, on the That's board. Right. On, on the board. No That's right. In the C-suite. So when That's right. About, when they, right. When they talk about diversity, they don't, as long as they have like another group, like a Latino or a Chinese, but no black. That's they don't right. have no black on these most important boards. So how is that diversity? You're right. Thank you, Cassandra. She's I, absolutely right. I agree right. with you. She's absolutely right. Hello, who's this? Yo, this is OG Rob, DJ Envy. OG Rob. Oh, what's up? Man, the God. What's going on? Your OG. Your OG. 
Yo, what's up, baby? I want a girl with extensions in her hair, bamboo oh. earrings, at least two pair, a Fendi okay. bag, and a bad attitude. That's all I need Ooh. to get me in a good mood. You married. I, I got you. I got you. But you married. That sounds good. You're doing better. You're catching it, man. You're catching it, Charlamagne. You got something before I let it go? What's up? Uh, no, nah, I'm going to let you handle it. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to let you get it. Okay, check this out. I told him, I hear them talking a lot, but they ain't saying nothing. Body language speaking a different tone, so stop fronting. It's either doing your don't, will or you won't. Step it up to bring back bread with your target in the scope. I ain't nothing like them, baby. I just move different. Standing, holding square, I'm militant and sick with it. I just do what I do. Snap and disattach. Ebola with swine flu. A deadly mismatch. You know what I mean? Charlotte, you ain't got nothing, Charlotte? Yo, so bust a fresh okay. move and take it from me. Listen to the fifth sound of the CTG. Yeah, you got something, yeah? What happened? You got something? <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, welcome back, Angela. Yeah, welcome back. Oh. Thank you. I'm so happy to come the back to this. Three. The foursome three is back, baby. How are we a foursome three? How are we a foursome three? In order to be a foursome, we got to be four of you us, You should have kicked some, some salt and pepper. Come on, yeah, give me something. <laughs> ah, good. Is that it's all you know about salt and pepper? Nah, but that's what Corey LeRae said the yeah. other day. made me think about it. All right. Thank you, Rob. Hey, listen, listen. Catch me on that IG, OG Rob 718 underscore. Y'all have a good weekend and a blessed day. Peace, <laughs> King. All right. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Hi, it's Asia. Hey, Asia. Good morning. Get it off your chest. Oh, my God. Hi. Hi. So sorry. Oh, my God, Asia. So sorry. I freaking out a little bit. Um, sorry, you guys were talking about the whole racism in the NFL, and y'all got me thinking about systemic racism in Hollywood. I am a performing arts student in Savannah, and man, when I tell you, when you go to look at Actors Access, it is nothing but AAs for white females or white elderly females, and it's rarely anything for black females, and it is so hard to get in this industry. What and is AA? I just need to know... AA is like um, basically actors, actors. It's what um, oh. they categorize it as. So you'll have it for like white females of a certain age or black females of a certain age or males, either or. And compared okay. to the amount that you see for black women, it is terrible. Mm. Absolutely horrible. And not to mention the competition out there for black women because of how many little roles we actually get. Right. It's such a limited pool of uh, opportunities available. Very much so. Uh, compared to our counterparts, absolutely. Mm-hmm. What's your um, Instagram page so people can see you? Um, at Asia Jones Actress. Okay, that way if maybe somebody's listening, there's some opportunities available for you. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate it. Oh, I'm my sophomore year, God, so I'm working. All right. Well, thank you for calling in. You're, you're absolutely right. Good luck. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hey, Diana. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. How you guys doing? How you doing? What hey. up, though? Doing good. Doing great. Being blessed. All right. Blessed we'll get black and highly favored. Yes. I was calling because what I wanted to get off my chest, my name is Diana Jacobs. I am from Toledo, Ohio. And I am throwing my first event in Detroit 
June 18th, 2022, Blunt and Brunch, presented by Sitting Pretty Stone, which is my marijuana business. And you can go on Eventbrite today to get your ticket. Where you having it? It's called Grand River Venue. Grand Rivers, and you can smoke in there? Yes, sir. <laughs> and they have alcohol? Yes, sir. I have a um, bar cart coming up, so that's how we get around that. <laughs> Okay. Well, all congratulations. Right. That sounds like an amazing spot. Thank you. Well, you you have a, a sponsorship from a marijuana company, a dispensary down there? Nope. I'm doing everything on my own. Spitting Pretty Stone is my third business. I have other businesses. So, yeah, I'm doing everything on my own. All right. Now, what do you mean you're doing everything on your own? You're growing your own weed, too? No, I'm working on that. I'm going to Denver next week to start learning that. Okay. Well, okay. You, hold, you hold on, all right? I, I know a dispensary out there called uh, House of Mary Jane, and maybe I can get them to sponsor you to help you out a little bit. Thank you so much. They got a new strain called Slur that's coming out, and I'm sure that they will be uh, willing to, uh, you know, help you out as much as they can. Okay, great. Thank you so much. So shout out to House of Mary Jane in Detroit, and let me see if I could. I, I didn't even speak to them yet, but I'm, I'm sure they will. Yeah, you just volunteer. Yeah, I'm sure. Told them, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they'll, they'll, they'll do that. We claiming it. We putting it out there. We putting it out there. And if they don't, I, I, I'll step up because, but, because, but uh, I think they will. All right, you'll step up. You got pounds in your garage. You don't know what I got in my garage. I don't, I don't, I don't have to have yeah, drugs. I'm going to step up. Like, you about to give her a pack. I could give her some bread as well, and she could do what she do, how she do it, when she want to do it. But I'm sure that they will um help her out. Thank you. Hold on, all right? Let me get your number. Just hold on, okay? Don't hang up. Okay, I won't. All right. I hope you mean by help her out, they might give her uh, some some weed, some wholesale weed. Yeah, they yeah, now nah, nah, they might give us some product and, and you know help sponsor her, give us some supplies, lighters, and stuff like that. I don't know what legally they, I can say on air, but they I just gonna say they might help her out. Okay. All right. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. Now we got rumors on the way. Ye? Yes. Imagine missing out on a Drake collaboration because your boyfriend was jealous. We'll tell you who has that story. All right. We'll get into that next. Don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. It's about time. What's going on? This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Well, now I see why they said Coyle Ray does not want to talk about her dad in interviews. Uh, she wrote a series of tweets calling out her father who claims, uh, and she claims that he's been threatening her and her mom because she called him broke. She said, I hate to bring this ish to social media, but my father need help. Sorry if I offended you on The Breakfast Club, but don't treat me or my mom because you hate to admit that we went broke after the source. She said, build an effing bridge and get over it. That's why I don't even like mentioning his name. That's why I never mention his name coming into this industry because he can't get over his past and don't even realize how much he's damaging when he does this stuff. He's texting my mom, threatening her, talking about some watch, grow up. You was just trying to get her to do growing up hip hop. We don't want that life. She's trying to be here for me and support me while you're trying to find every way to beef with me and suck the life out of me. I'm tired. The devil is working. This is a perfect example when everything is going so good. Here he comes being weird trying to F up somebody's life. I'm your only effing daughter. You worried about being called broke on the day of my debut album. You ain't even text me congratulations. You so bitter and evil. I'm a prey for you. And here is the part of the interview that I guess he didn't like. My dad is is a great is a great, you know, man and I love him, you know, regardless of our dis differences. He's still my father and I gotta respect him, right? And dad's you know, dads, you guys get a little too crazy and overexcited. So you played for dad. You proud. Yeah. Um, you got excited. So, you know, me and my dad are still building our relationship. I don't want to argue. I don't want to nothing. And I was just so excited. I'm like, yo, dad, mm. like, 
don't worry. You feel me? Like my father came in this game and as I'm learning, as I'm getting older, I'm learning a lot more about what he brought because mm-hmm. I really don't know too much, but I'm learning more. And I feel him and I understand him and I just want to be able to be like, yo, like I got you. Like, And I guess at some point she said that... Uh, she said they were yeah, broke. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was the this. part where she said people think she grew up with a silver spoon, but Correct. You know, around nine years old, I guess, when, it, when they lost the sauce... And she said she, they were broke for a little bit. Broke. Mm-hmm. I don't, and I, I don't understand. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, people go through ups and downs. I mean, I, I, I've been broke before. I'm sure Charlemagne was broke. I don't know about yourself, you, but I've been in situations where I was broke. But the, the thing is, which which what I don't like, and I, I can't tell a father how to feel or a daughter how to feel, is she spoke nothing but positive about him the whole interview. She was like, "I respect him. I love him. You know, we don't have the best relationship, but we're working on it." And I know sometimes Benzino, I, I know we haven't had the best relationship up here, but sometimes you got to get out your way and really support your daughter. Like, there's that small things. Like, you don't want to look up 10 years down the line and you're like, damn, I don't have that relationship off of bull crap, off of something stupid, off of something very small. I thought she was very positive, and yeah, I don't but, think she was trying to say anything to be offensive. Now, he posted on social media, to whom this may concern, the legends don't play the back. They set the standards. Thank you, my brothers. See the God in envy for sticking up for me and not letting a false narrative of who I am and what I've accomplished happen. I put in too much work in the culture. The problem with this social generation is they have no respect or regard for who came before them and how they laid the blueprint for them to be successful. I always revered those who came before me, and I am grateful to the legends of hip hop. I, mean, I don't think yeah. that had anything to do with, you know, what she said. And she, he said, "I'm tired of this old talk. Hip hop is over 40 years old, and the ones who appeal to older and younger will be the most successful. Anyone who thinks that because you're in your 40s and 50s, you should just go sit in a rocking chair and still don't live." out and pursue their dreams and aspirations are idiots. All you young people who are in their 20s and successful at rapping, chances are you still will be rapping in your 50s, period. When the younger generation starts listening more and respect the older before them is when life will be better and our entire culture will be better. Yeah, I don't know Benzino personally, but the reality is you can never take away what somebody has done. Mm-hmm. Like, the source meant something to culture. It was it, it was an institution. We still use the five-mic rating system in casual conversation now. He's so, a le- he's a le- And then people will say, oh, he's a le- no, he's a legend for that source magazine. What they 100%. created him and Dave Mays created, you can't take that back. And it, it set the tone no. for a lot of things <clears throat> in hip-hop. And I don't think Coyle Ray was saying that you shouldn't do music if you're older. I think she was saying that the older people need to give the younger people a chance, too. I don't think she was saying not to listen. To you know what's interesting, though? I mm-hmm. think Benzino's uh, concerned about his legacy, which I can understand. But he also has to uh, remember that Coyle Ray is part of his legacy as well. Absolutely. All right. And and, and I don't, I don't think this is necessarily... I think you have to separate uh, being a dad from being a legend, right? Because she's saying she wants to do things and she has been doing a lot of things on her own. And so step back as a father and let her do her thing but that doesn't mean you have to step back from what it is that you brought to the game they have a different sort of relationship and and I get what what a lot of younger artists were saying I remember coming up as a DJ I used to hate the older DJs and the older artists because I felt like they never Mm, supported supported or opened the doors that's why when it comes to whatever I do I like to have the conversations whether it's with Lil Durk or or Offset or or Cardi or or Lil Baby if I can help them get into real estate or get to things what I couldn't do I try to help them. I don't. I don't want to charge nobody. I just want them to win. I want everybody to win. Like, and win. I also want all. I do want the young people to know that you're gonna be older, much longer Absolutely. than you're young. Yeah, young. <laughs> That's why I say young is so fleeting. Have fun in that pocket, but it's really just the pocket. Like it's really a short period of time that you're gonna be young. And you know when you realize that when you get old. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I think she was just saying, give us a little bit of support and shine. That's all. She wasn't saying no one should get old. You shouldn't do music because you're older. She was just saying, and a lot of younger artists do say this. They don't like the fact that people feel like, oh, you got to do this. You got to do that. Oh, we don't listen to that type of music. That's not for me. And but so nobody said show that. some support. That, but nobody said that. Like, and, and I know a lot of times people get sensitive. Like even what Charlemagne says. Charlemagne says, I like a couple of your records and a couple I don't. But that's older artists. That's younger artists. That's... It doesn't matter. I I listen to some whole records and I, I, there's some I don't like. I but, listen to some. Also, you know what I mean. Also, envy. By the way, you know mm-hmm. who else says that? Who? Young people. <laughs> you know. What I'm saying? Yes. There's, there's young people who say I'm, that that may not be for me or I don't like that or they might just say that's straight up. Whack. That's fine. So it's like yes, yeah, it's, it's all subjective. Music is just subjective. All right. Well, that is your rumor reports. Okay. Thank you, Miss Yee. Now, front page news next, what are we talking about? Yes, and let's talk about something historic that has happened. It's official. We have our first black woman to sit on the Supreme Court. All right, we'll get into that next. We're going to play another Fabio joint. Shout to Fabio. Fabio's album is in stores. Oh, I said in stores. <laughs> That's where you know you can know. You can stream it. It's in stores. Mm-hmm. Pick it up. And this is Fabio. There's Quavo. no stores no more? There's stores. It's Best Buy. It might still, it might be in some stores. No, they do. It might be some stores, guitar. <laughs> no, but, no. But everybody down streams it now, downloads it, title and Spotify and all that other stuff. All right, but here's to the fire, Fabio Quavo. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. I teamed up with Zyrtec for this allergy relief message. Springtime brings vibrancy to the air and pollen, so I take Zyrtec when allergy symptoms start. Save the tissues and live vibrantly with Zyrtec. Starts working at hour one and stays strong day after day. Fabio! Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. All right, let's get to some front page news. Where are we starting, Yeezy? Well, the Senate has confirmed that Katanji Brown-Jackson will be the first black hey. woman to sit on the Supreme Court. I was watching this, Drop too. I, I kept hearing all these names. Well, I was watching Nay, Nay, when they were calling out the names. But here is Kamala Harris actually announcing the news. On this vote, the A's are 53, the nays are 47, and this nomination is confirmed. In the face! All right, South Carolina Republican Senator Tim Scott was trending after this. He was among the 47 who voted against confirming Ketanji Brown-Jackson to the Supreme Court. If you look on Twitter to see why he's trending, you can see what people are saying. There are three black men in the U.S. Senate. One of them, Tim Scott, voted no on confirming Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson to the Supreme Court. There is always one of us. Another person said only 11 black people have served in the U.S. Senate. Tim Scott is the only one who can say he opposed the nomination of the first black woman to the Supreme Court. That's embarrassing. Well, that's because uh, Tim Scott wanted uh, Judge Michelle Childs, who was a black woman from South Carolina. Like, that's who he wanted to be the Supreme Court pick. All right. Now, here is uh, Senator Chuck Schumer on Katanji's nomination. It is just an amazing day. If I had to think of an adjective to describe all of us, it would be elated. This has been a long, hard road as we try to get to greater equality, less bigotry in America. 
Now, Joe Biden had said during his 2020 presidential campaign that he was committed to nominating a black woman to the Supreme Court if elected. He posted, Judge Jackson's confirmation was a historic moment for our nation. We've taken another step toward making our highest court reflect the diversity of America. She will be an incredible justice, and I was honored to share this moment with her. And the 233-year history of the Supreme Court, by the way, we have never had a black woman hold the title of justice. Katanji Brown-Jackson will be the first and hopefully, as it should be, there will be many more to come. So mm-hmm. let's make sure that that happens. But yes, it is historic. Hey. Uh, she'll be sworn in after Justice Stephen Breyer retires sometime this summer. Until then, she'll remain in her current position on the U.S. Court of Appeals. Yes, it's a very, very historic uh, pick. You know, Joe Biden definitely fulfilled a campaign promise that he made to, you know, OG Jim Clyburn and many others. And I love how happy this pick makes so many black women. But we still have to be realistic about the fact that the Supreme Court is still a 6-3 conservative majority. And I've been saying it, and I'll keep saying it. I personally think Democrats should expand the courts and add four Judge Jacksons. And I don't want us to miss the opportunity to use this moment to educate people on exactly what the Supreme Court is and how there are major issues on the table that they are talking about overturning, like voting rights and Roe versus Wade. So, you know, celebrate for two seconds and then let people know the reality of what we are facing with that damn 6-3 conservative majority in the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. All right, and the metaverse, where is it going next? Well, according to the New York Post, they're getting ready to create their own payment system and currency. They said Meta is getting ready to introduce, uh, introduce payment tokens, which they're calling Zuckbucks. So it won't be cryptocurrency, but an in-app currency that's managed and controlled by Meta. Like so. Mark Zuckerberg? Yeah, mm-hmm. Zuckbucks. That's what they're calling Zuck it. Zuckbucks. That'd mm-hmm. be like the Roblox coins. You yeah, can like only social use it in the, tokens. Yeah, you can only use it in there. Zuck bucks. Mm-hmm. If you use them for prostitution, they're called suck bucks. No, sure. Why you could say the f bucks? No. If I'm just saying, because that's what's going to happen, right? You know, it's going to as the currency evolves, people are going to start using these things for uh, nefarious means, like prostitution. Well, so you have to. Well, in the metaverse. The well, in the metaverse, I'm sure if you want to like yes. buy a car or paint your house or change your clothes, you have to use the zuck bucks or. You know, if you want to put out of your mind, if you think there ain't going to be no suck bucks or no F bucks in the metaverse, okay? They're going to be in there freaking. You ever see those videos of those people over in uh, Asia with the goggles on and they be like humping the air and wilding? I've never seen that. Yeah, it's going to go down. What what do you be watching, man? All right, well, that is your front page news. America's not the first country with virtual reality. So I didn't say it was, but I, I, don't, I don't Google people humping the air. That's that my thing. I was sending you the video nope. of, this, of this grandma. And the grandma had the goggles on, and the grandkid walked in on her. Boy, she was wilding. If you send me that video, I'm yeah. going to Human Resources. I'm telling you that right now. Hey, either, either she was wilding with them VR glasses, or she was doing something to a ghost. <laughs> One of the two. All right. Well, when we come back, the Secretary of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg, will be joining us. So we'll talk to him when we come back. So don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. Always a pleasure when he comes in. Secretary Pete Buttigieg is here. How are you, sir? I'm good. Thanks for having me over. How you feeling? Feeling great. Okay. And you have a very intense job right now, which we'll get into. But let's discuss the last time you were here, where we left off. Yeah, I mean, then we were still putting this transportation bill together, thinking about what what we could actually do with it. Now we've put more than $50 billion in road funding out for road improvements in every part of the country. Uh, Bridge funding, transit funding, we just did that this week. So we're actually doing the things we came here to do. There's There's a ton of work still to come, but 
it feels good after basically spending most of last year just trying to get the bill through. Mm -hmm. Now we're actually doing the work. You know, um, before we get into the work, I want to talk to you uh, because I saw that you just had your twins go to daycare for the first time. And you're a parent. You know how difficult that is when you got to drop them off. So how difficult was that for you? Yeah, it was a little, we were doing fine with it until the the last minute. So we got a boy and a girl, twins. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're about seven, eight months now. And just as we started to hand her over, our girl over uh, at the daycare, that little lower lip came out. Oh that, man, we call <laughs> it the yeah we call it the chaos lip because you know w- once you see that little pouty lip, then she's usually uh, pretty upset. But no, they actually did great. We've got this app now. They they tell us when. I just got an alert that there was a diaper change, so we're, mm-hmm. you know I feel like I'm in the know, um, and uh, and they're doing great. Do they have to have security? Of course, right? Uh, yeah, I don't want to get into that too much, but they're gotcha. they're safe and secure. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. How, how has fatherhood changed you? Uh, it changes everything. I mean, it's first of all, it's hard. I mean, it's it's beautiful, wonderful work, but uh, I've never had a job that demanding. I mean, you know, especially in the early weeks where. You know, you start your day at 3 a.m. when when Chaston would tap out. We we went to kind of a night uh, a shift system because um, just the the way they were growing and, and and eating, you kind of had to be with them almost all the time. And he would tap out somewhere between two and three in the morning. And then I'd start my day. And I I knew that you know being a new dad means you have to get up in the middle of the night. But I thought that meant you'd get up and then you get to go back to bed afterwards. And a lot of times no. that, that didn't happen, <laughs> didn't work that way. Uh, and you know, it's humbling. I mean, you're, you know, you're getting puked on routinely and, uh, you know, it's, it's a little <laughs> different from, uh, most of what goes on in your day as a cabinet member, but, uh, but no, it's great. And you know, all the cliches come true, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you think about the future more, um, you the think about what matters system. more. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, just getting them into daycare was was you know um, uh, one big big step for us. But uh, yeah, you just the whole world looks looks a little bit different. I think about what it'll be like when they're uh, you know old enough to get a job or, or go to college, and that that's not that far off. That's right. And the decisions we're making right now, especially on things like climate, but the economy, all of it, is, is going to shape how they're going to do. So. Yeah, I guess I sound like every other parent, but <laughs> now I feel it in a different way. The difference is you're in a position to actually shape the yeah. future, though. So how does that impact your work? Yeah, well, I think about it, you know, when they're when they're going about their lives, mm-hmm. they're going to be, you know, riding or driving on the, the roads and bridges that, that I'm working on building right now, mm-hmm. right? They're going to be taking the subways that, that, that we're funding right now. And so... And they're going to be breathing air that we either make cleaner or, or fail to make cleaner based on the work we're doing right now. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it makes everything a lot more personal, especially in, in transportation infrastructure because it's long term, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's stuff we're doing to, to make sure that we get through the season or get through the year. But most of what you do in transportation infrastructure is, is very much about the long, long term. You're planning through the 2020s to make sure the, the 2030s and the 2040s go well. Mm-hmm. And your relationship to what's going on in the 2040s and beyond mm-hmm. is is now you know it's through your children. You're you're raising your children, but you're also raising your your replacements, right? right? Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, yeah. How it works. And trying to save the world because not only are we thinking about climate change, but we're thinking about economics now too. Mm-hmm. With the war that's going on with Russia and Ukraine, yeah. and then having to worry about gas prices and people not being able to afford that, but then on top of it, climate change. Yeah. And so what are some things that are front and center for you when it comes to that? I mean, the biggest thing I see happening with climate change is we're, we're out of the period where it was something that people were arguing over whether it might happen or what's going to happen in the future someday. It is now, mm-hmm. right? 
even just looking at it from a transportation perspective, last year they had to shut down transit in the Northwest in Oregon, right? Because there was a heat wave that wasn't even considered meteorologically possible until it happened. Uh, there were, I mean, the cables, they had to shut it down because they were worried the cables might melt wow. in the heat. There was uh, uh, a, a stretch of highway that I saw in Colorado where first wildfires came through. That happens more and more often with climate change. Then you had extreme rainfall, very extreme rainfall, like the kind of thing that should only happen every 500 to 1,000 years, except it keeps happening. Mm -hmm. Those two things combined meant that all of this, uh, all of the vegetation had burned off. And so all of the mud on the hills, uh, hillside wasn't you know, held together by the roots of the vegetation. So it slid onto the highway. Wow. And it two, took two weeks to clear up the highway, which turned into a supply chain problem. So I guess my point is these effects of climate change are, are right now. But the other thing that is, exists right now is some of the solutions. This, this big report from the, uh, the UN panel came out uh, last week, or I think this week, uh, saying we're running out of time. It's, it's worse than, than we thought. But also the solutions include technologies that exist right now. That's why I talk about electric vehicles mm -hmm. all the time. Not that that's the cure-all, but it's a really important piece of it. Um, and, and by the way, good old-fashioned transit is, yeah. a, is a piece of it. If people have a choice, an alternative uh, to having to, to drive to, to get where they're, they're going, depending where they live, that helps. So you know, climate change is something where transportation is being impacted. Transportation gets disrupted because of climate change and where transportation can be part of the answer. Have you seen the movie Don't Look Up? Yeah, yeah, I did. Do you feel like that, like they say it's satire, but it's really not to me. Like, do you feel like that when it comes to discussing things like climate change? Yeah, sometimes. And when you get into these conversations on the Hill or, or with folks who just don't want to, uh, I don't know, they just don't want to go there. Mm -hmm. the, look, it makes sense to discuss all of the problems that we're still trying to solve. For example, the electric vehicles, right? They're not affordable enough. Uh, it takes a lot of work to get the raw materials and the minerals that go into them. We're, we got to build up the charging infrastructure and, and, and be ready for that. Those are real issues. Mm -hmm. But it's one thing to say, these are some real issues we got to work on, which is what we're saying. It's another to raise those issues as an excuse to just keep doing the exact same thing the right. exact same way for as long as, as we can get away with it, right? And that's what that movie reminds me of. This idea of just, well, whatever it is, it's too hard and it's too complicated. We're just not going to deal with it. We're just going to keep doing the same thing. How do you make Even it more affordable for people to get electric cars? So a couple things. Um, one is we propose tax credits. It would actually literally just bring down the sticker price. So we think about uh, like these electric pickup trucks, for example. A lot of Super Bowl, Super Bowl ads about these. They start about $40,000. Um, more affordable than people think, but obviously not affordable for a lot of, of Americans. If we got the kinds of tax credits through that we're talking about, basically it would take ten dollars to $12,000 off of that sticker price and move it into the high 20s. When you get to that level, even if your car payment is higher than, than a regular gas car would have been, you'll come out ahead every month because you'll have less of a gas bill. You still have to pay to fill up with electricity, but you pay less than you would have with gas. And so that is something that, that we could do right now if, if Congress acted to pass those tax credits to bring the prices down. The other thing is just the more they get, it's like anything, the more they get produced. The less expensive. Yeah, the more efficient they are to produce and, and you see the prices come down. Uh, so, you know, I, I just met with a bunch of auto CEOs yesterday. They're all moving in this direction already. It's going to happen. The question is, will it happen fast enough? Mm. Will it happen in America, you know, made in America by American workers, most of all? And will it happen in a way that's affordable, that can reach everybody? Another issue in terms of access is being able to charge them, mm -hmm. right? So uh, if, if you're in a rural or suburban area, you're in a single family home, 
no problem. I mean, you can just plug it in your garage, even in a regular wall plug. It's not the most efficient, but it'll work. But if you're in a multifamily building, if, if you're in New York City, if you're, if you're right. in most urban areas, we need to plan to make sure that chargers are available. So we're putting out $5 billion for the states to work with. They're going to come in. They need to bring their plans to us over the summer, and then we'll, we'll approve them. And that'll set up kind of a highway network of, of chargers. And then we have another $2.5 billion for community charging to try to buy down the cost of setting up chargers at the workplace, at the apartment building. Where you know they're starting to go in now because you know you can uh, you can often have a profitable business running electric chargers, but it's not quite penciling out yet. We can do something about that, and that's one of the things in law, and that's one of the things we're funding. All right, we have more with Pete Buttigieg, Secretary of Transportation. When we come back, is the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg. Charlemagne? I want to go back to what you were saying about the movie Don't Look Up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard to get people to move, right? Even with the threat of imminent danger, it's hard to get people to react. It is. I mean, that's that's the crazy thing about it, right? I think because unlike the, the plot of Don't Look Up where it's a you know, something that's going to happen to us in a, on a specific date. Mm-hmm. This is one of those slow rolling things, but it's not so slow. And, and again, it's it's not something we're arguing about whether it's going to happen. It's, it's, it's already happening. So why aren't people more focused on it? Partly, I think, because we always are more aware of holding on to what we've got mm-hmm. than preparing for something that, that, that we can't quite see and feel. Partly because people think it's, it's really going to set them back. So one great thing about the electric vehicles is when people drive them, they realize they're as good or better mm-hmm. than, than the gas vehicles. It takes away that, that fear of the unknown, but it still seems like something unknown. And of course, part of it also is that you know, some people feel that climate change will happen to somebody, but they're going to be just fine. It's selfish, too, because you're not also thinking about the next generation. Yeah. You might think, while well, we're alive, it'll be fine. Right. Who cares what happens when right. I'm not here? And that's another one of those things where I'm holding my, you know, my, my little twins in, in, in my arms. Um, you know, this is completely going to shape their lives. But also, again, this is not some far-off distant thing, right? I mean, we're talking about what's going to happen within this decade, mm-hmm. in, including the impacts. And as, as so often happens with, with these issues, a lot of the most vulnerable people, the people who are now the most economically vulnerable, are those who stand to lose the most. And they're not necessarily the ones making the decisions. Well, how come, you know, I, I think about that and I hear that and, and I, I receive it and understand it, but the midterms of this year, mm-hmm. you know, next couple of years will be the presidential election year. It feels like the death of democracy is right there. Imminent danger, right? But it doesn't feel like uh, people that are in positions of power, mainly the Democrats, are responding to it in that way well i think our agenda is about shoring up our democracy really yeah of course but also we're, we're operating in an environment where nobody actually has complete control of the levers of government right uh you've, you've got congress you've got the courts you've got all these state legislatures and if mm-hmm. there's one big lesson we've seen i think in the last few years is just how much of the power when it comes to voting in elections is in state and even county hands mm-hmm. and i'm not saying that by way of an excuse i mean the, the administration should be and is very forward-leaning on this but it's not as if we're, we're just able to have our way on everything, right? And that's why the midterms matter. I also believe that one of the best things we can do, and maybe this is just based on where I sit as the transportation secretary, but one of the best things we can do to walk America a little bit back from this cliff is to just deliver on the basics. Yes. So that's what transportation is all about, right? There really is a question about whether democracies are better at delivering on the basics or whether authoritarian countries are better at that, right? I mean, the, the, the argument that China is basically making is, hey, we have a command and control system mm-hmm. and we're going to get stuff done faster, 
cheaper and, and better than in the messy, democratic, American way of doing things. And that's why this moment is a test, even on things as unsexy as, you know, how do you pave the roads and get the subway to run on time, right? That's, I think, very high stakes for our democracy, because if we can show that we can do it in our messy democratic system, it allows us to consolidate our sense that democracy is the way to go. And if mm-hmm. we can't, there's an alternative out there that, that is not the one we want to be dominating the world right now. Mm-hmm. And I mean, but Democrats could have the power if you could get everybody on the same page. Last time you were mm-hmm. here, I asked you, who's the real president? You know, Joe Manchin or Joe Biden. Clearly, President Biden is the president, but Joe Manchin has been blocking Biden's agenda since the last time we've had a conversation. Are you frustrated with him yet? Look, I'm frustrated anytime we don't get our way automatically in Congress, but I also get that it doesn't work that way. And you're talking about one senator, a senator, by the way, who is Democratic senator from a state that Donald Trump won by like 40 right. points. And we should be talking about 100 senators. There's 99 other senators too, right? And there has been unified, uniform Republican opposition yes. to so many of these things we're trying to do on the voting, on um, things like extending the child tax credit. and uh, It's not even about what's right. It's about let's block I mean, anything. it feels like a brick wall, except, I will say, um, on our transportation bill, right? Mm-hmm. So we got 18 senators to cross party lines. I mean, it's not often that, that you see, you know, everybody from, from you know, Joe Manchin to, to Bernie Sanders to <laughs> Mitch McConnell kind of agreeing to do something. Uh, it was a little more partisan in the House, but even there, a lot of, uh, a lot of Republican House members came over. And I think it shows that, again, if you, if you can demonstrate that there's a chance to take care of the basics, you can actually build some bridges there, literally, but, but also politically. Um, but yes, look, if, if we're going to talk about frustration with Congress, let's talk about how everyone's voting. The insulin thing, right? There was a bill to lower the cost of insulin for Americans. And uh, so many, so many legislators voted against it. And, and that wasn't it wasn't Democrats that we had the big problems with there. I agree with all of that, you know, but I think, you know, as a voter, you know, when I see hundreds of, of, of members of Congress who are Democrats silent <laughs> when you see the mansions and cinemas blocking progress, it makes me wonder, is everybody complicit? So I would say everybody's standing up for what they think we ought to do in the best way they know how. And, you know, if, if somebody's holding out on you, going up to them and poking them in the eye is probably not going to help you get the result that you want. Um, there are times that, and it's not just, you know, uh, any one senator. There, there are many times that I've been very frustrated uh, that, that I was pretty sure I had the right way to go and somebody was standing in the way. But the way to maneuver through that is to try to build, not just try to convince people, right, but, but, but also try to build the public support that makes it clear that this is where we've got to go. But how do you do that without calling out the people that are blocking progress? Well, look, we, we can because that's one thing the GOP does very well. You know, Trump would have had a million nicknames for Manchin in cinema already. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, that didn't necessarily get him his way either, right? It got attention, mm-hmm. sure. I mean, it, it got us all talking about him. But did it really help move an agenda? I would say, I mean, you look at what they set out to do, what they said they were going to do. They really did have control of all the, all the you know, levers of, of power, and they couldn't get rid of Obamacare, for example. We were just mm-hmm. with uh, President Obama and President Biden this week celebrating the ACA. And the reason they couldn't get rid of it, I think, is that it had made such a concrete difference, positive difference in American lives, that America basically wouldn't let them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we, we can vent all we want about this or that uh, member of Congress is, is, is not going along with the thing I want to do. But in the end, they're passing the laws. 
And so we got to either work with them or we've got to use the tools that we have, including executive authority. And the president's taken a lot of steps with the authority he has, right, to try to solve the problem while we're getting the other pieces done. But none of this matters if we can't deliver. Mm-hmm. That's why when I'm getting up in the morning, the main thing I'm thinking about is how do we make sure we take all this money? You know, it's $1.2 trillion. About half of that is transportation. And actually deliver $1.2 trillion worth of value so people believe in what we're trying to do through this administration, have some level of trust in government to address problems. Uh, if we can't deliver that, then it'll just keep <laughs> keep spiraling down. All right, we have more with Pete Buttigieg, Secretary of Transportation. When we come back, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Secretary of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg. Charlemagne? You, you do realize, Pete, uh, a lot of black people feel like Democrats have kept no promises. Since they've been in, since they've been in office, really? Yes. We've, Reverend Allen said that a million times. I'm sure he'll be I mean, pressing you about okay. that tomorrow. <laughs> I, I, look, I get it because the work is not done. But the reason I say really is we just passed one of the biggest pieces of infrastructure legislation in American history. It was a promise, and it wasn't just a promise that the, the Biden Harris administration made or, or that us Democrats made in 2020. This is a promise that every president and every Congress has made in some way, shape, or form for as long as I've been an adult. And we actually did it. But those are big, broad things. And, I, and that's great. But I'm talking about things like things you campaigned on, like the George Floyd yeah. Policing Act. And the fact that our voting rights, man, yeah. like like 19 states have implemented voter suppression bills. You know that's going to directly impact us the most. And Look, the only strategy yeah. Democrats are going to have is we got to go out there and vote in mass numbers yeah. to fight it. That's that's right. not a strategy. No, Hope I, is not a strategy. Right. Mobilization is a strategy. And these tactics that you're talking about make mobilization harder. And mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. That work is not done. That work has to get done. And it's not acceptable where we are right now. It's I think April all of that's feet. true. Yeah. I get it. I get it. <laughs> and you know what really is scary is seeing a lot of women's reproductive rights. Uh, oh, my God. Regressing and LGBTQ community, their rights being taken away Don't state by state. Yeah. Right. Voting rights being taken away state by state. Those things are scary, even yeah. in the education system. You know, just not being able to discuss certain things state by state. That's a scary thing to me. And it's like we see it expanding. No, that's right. And and so, again, part of the answer is organizing at the state level, because in this country, a lot of the power and a lot of the decisions are actually at the state level. What's happening in our schools, what even the way elections are run. uh, Right. That that plays out at that level. But look, I, I don't think I don't think anyone on our side is satisfied with how far we've come on whether it's the George Floyd Policing Act, whether it's 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 voting rights. What I'll say is we're pushing for as much as we can get in terms of results in Congress and taking whatever executive actions are available to the president. So mm-hmm. so you look at the policing side, right? For example, actions to limit these chokeholds, uh, to uh, limit these these kinds of no-knock warrants, to, to make sure that at least on the federal side you have body cameras when, when search warrants are being executed. I know it's not the whole job. Yeah, and it's that. not the federal. I mean, it's great that you did it, but it's not the federal police that are right. killing people. Right. Um, it's look. It's not that the federal side alone is is where all the work has to be done. But what what you'll see happening is when we have direct authority, and I, I say we. I mean, obviously, I'm not directly involved, mostly on the law enforcement piece. But when the administration has direct authority, then it's going to be used according to the constitutional powers of the president. When it's indirect, when you got to go to Congress to get a law, then you got to go to Congress to get a law, mm-hmm. and we're going to keep pushing. And yes, that's that's up to up to us as an administration, but it's up to everybody who cares about this in the country 
to keep pushing. I know there's supposed to be a slimmed down version of the Build Back Better that Congress might act on before Memorial Day. So we don't know which pieces are going to make it, mm-hmm. but we've, we're going to keep pushing for all of them that we think are good. And yeah, I think some form of this is going to move because these are policies we really need, childcare, prescription drugs, doing something about climate. And if we can't get everything we wanted, okay, we'll, we'll keep pushing for the things we didn't get. But uh, we've got to get as much as we can, and we've got to deliver because we do we do have some promises to keep. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm proud of the promises we've kept on the transportation side. I get that we've got more promises to keep. That's why we're going to keep pushing. And even with the bill, even with the slimmed down version, the headlines already. Kristen Cinema is opposed to it. She's not with it. Same same old problem. Look, I, I don't think it's even been. There's not an it yet, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of a final deal or, or a package that's been agreed on. But um, you know. The way the Senate works is on most things, you definitely need 50 and you usually need 60 votes. And uh, on this one, it'll be 50 uh, mm-hmm. because of the, the reconciliation rules. Um, we've got we've to push. I mean, look, I would like to believe that you could get some Republicans on board with the idea that, I don't know, that child care ought to be cheaper or that, uh, uh, that, that leave ought to be available or, or, or that we got to make those electric vehicles cheaper for, for every American, especially because it's often in rural states that tend to be a little more Republican, that people drive longer distances, they burn more gas, they spend more money, and they're going to save more money if they had an EV if we made it cheaper. Seems um, like a smart business to start would be making those electric charging stations. Yeah, absolutely. And and we're seeing a lot of companies get into that. Matter of fact, uh, uh, one just opened a facility in Tennessee. It's really cool to see American jobs being created in Tennessee, making the chargers that are going to charge the car. What I'm saying is, you know, not only do we need to obviously secure the 50 votes in our party. We need to talk about why there there's really going to be a hundred percent opposition on the Republican side. To we this know why though. Well, there, we, we don't, don't expect it. Personally, I voted for Democrats. I don't expect anything Republicans. They mm-hmm. let us know exactly who they are. Mm-hmm. They're not trying to pretend to be our friends. But this helps Republicans too. Absolutely. I mean, at least Republican th- constituents. Some, right? Yeah, there needs to be some pressure on. I think. So. I mean, I think these are things that are going to be good for everyone in different states. No matter. Yeah. You don't have to be a Republican to believe it's a good idea to make childcare more affordable, right? Or prescription drugs. Like this is one of the top issues on Americans' minds. Democrats and Republicans, seniors who who uh, uh, tend to to be to skew a little more Republican, right? Um, want at least want to let Medicare negotiate prescription drug prices, which make it cheaper for all of us. Um, those are things that I think we at least have to raise the question of why you couldn't cross party lines to support that. It's obviously physically possible to support party lines because a lot of them did did a good thing and, and cross party lines to make this this transportation bill possible. Mm-hmm. So it can be done. I'm not naive about how easy it will be to get it done. But I hope our conversation is not just about one or two Democrats that we haven't brought on board yet. It's only because they're blocking progress. That's all. Well, we need, yeah, we need them to be on board in order for anything to move. Do you have future aspirations? I don't know. I the I know this is, gonna, this is going to sound like the political answer, but it's true. I don't know if I'll ever run for office again. Really? Because you don't run for office because you just want to have it. You run for office because you think you meet a need in a particular moment. That's how I've made the decision every time I've decided to run for office and every time I've decided not to. What I know is the whole point of running for office is that if, if you succeed, you get a chance to govern. And the president has asked me to take on this job with a chance to participate in government in a really big way. And if, if I can do a good job at this, that will be, that could be the work of a lifetime. And, uh, if, if, if we don't get this right, nothing else matters. So I've got more than enough work on my plate to, Mm -hmm. to take all of my energy and all of my imagination. And, um, and I'm really glad to be here. 
All right. How much does being a dad affect those decisions too? Well, you definitely look at everything differently, right? I mean, I used to not mind being on the road all the time. I used to not mind, uh, uh, you know, staying at the office till way past uh, too late. And now you think about those things, right? So I, I got to try to get back for, for, I'm in charge of bath time most days. So I got to get <laughs> back by and the kids don't care that, that you know, we got an extra meeting added to the calendar to, to deal with a, a committee report or something, right? They, it's bath time. Right. Um, so, you know, I'll go, I can go back and, and, and go back to work afterwards. You want to be <laughs> but, present um, though. You want to make sure yeah, you carve out that time. Yeah. Partly because it's important to me, partly because we just literally need to do it, right? I mean, it's Chaston and, and, and me and, um, Kids and we owe it to each other. To, yeah, kids got to bathe. <laughs> kids got to eat. Uh, those diapers got to get changed. Uh, so we just started in daycare. So that's okay. their that's their day daycare. And and uh, and like everybody, I mean, we've turned to to friends. Um, you know, that saying it takes a village. Uh, that's definitely been our experience. And you want to um, be there. Jesus Christ, get your yeah. money up, man. Get a nanny. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Gas is high. <laughs> Yes, I saw a diapers. Secretary B- Pete Buttigieg, thank you for coming always, man. Thank we you. really do appreciate you taking the time, you know, to, to come to the Breakfast Club when you're in New York City. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's the Breakfast Club, Secretary Pete. Did you know today is National Empanada Day? Mm-hmm. Today I know now because you got us a bunch of empanadas. Yeah, shout to uh, Lady G Empanadas, a minority-owned business. I, be- I believe it's a black-owned business. Uh, the young ladies came and they dropped off some empanadas for me. They have all type of empanadas. Charlamagne, you missed it today. They got oxtail dinner empanadas. They got uh, crab and shrimp empanadas. Spinach and feta. Spinach and feta. Uh, jerk chicken. Cheesy fried chicken. Buffalo chicken. Teriyaki chicken. Happy. They got veggie ones. Vegan jerk black I'm, bean. I'm just happy that DJ Envy is finally leaning into his Dominican roots. Round of applause. Dropping the cruise bombs for DJ Envy. Embracing his Dominican side. It's about damn time. Been sitting on this radio for 12 years and ain't never did nothing Dominican except for wear white jeans with a Giants jersey. Now you bringing us empanadas. Drop on the clues bombs for DJ I believe these ladies are black, by the way, but... Um, I love empanadas. So yeah, they got thank grilled cheese that, empanadas. They got G. dessert. They got cinnamon apple empanadas. I mean... Oh, uh, they sent dessert ones? Oh, man, it's so those. great. So shout shout to the, the, the ladies uh, from Lady G. They actually uh, sponsored my car show last year, so they just wanted to bring it up for wow. National Empanada Day. Okay. Well, we appreciate it. Empanadas is one thing that I know how to make really well. You should have played Suavamente. You're giving back to both of your sides, though. Because, you know, you got empanadas, which is a Dominican dish, but then it's a black owned business, right? Turn it up a little bit. Yeah, talk to me. Oh, you really leaning into your Dominican side today. You got a Dominican party this week or something? No, I don't. I don't have one. I need one. But you got a, you, you got a Dominican real estate seminar coming up? Wepa! Wepa! <laughs> what you doing, man? You should put on an alfalfa. Well, that got that, that got a lot of curses in it. All right. Oh, it anyway, does? Yeah, that got a lot of... Okay. All right. Well, let's get to the rumors. Let's go. It's time, time, time. She's spilling the tea. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee. On the Breakfast Club. Ooh, well, imagine you could have gotten yourself a Drake collaboration, but your boyfriend was too jealous. That's what happened to Money Long. We all know her from that hit song that's number one on the charts right now, Hours and Hours. She posted that one time in 2008. I missed out on a Drake feature because my boyfriend at the time found out he was pulling up to the studio and flew into a jealous rage, so I chickened out and quit responding to his texts. Can you imagine that? Your boyfriend is that jealous you're, you're an artist. Drake is going to pull up to the studio. What artist was it? Money Long. That's Drake's fault. 
Why? That's Drake's fault because everybody know Drake is the number one sniper out here. That's oh, why. That, okay. You know what? At first I was like, yeah, Drake, why would you be mad? And then I thought yeah, about it. Of course you'd be mad at he Drake. He is the number Drake one sniper. But by the way, one. this was in 2008. And Drake was popping in 2008. Yeah, but I'm saying he no, was. No, 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 no. No, he wasn't. No. 2008. 2008. Eight. Nah. nah, he wasn't. He so was. far gone wasn't even. No, so far gone was out. Not the. Uh, his came album. Yeah, so far gone was gone. So he was he was bubbling. He wasn't off. at the the level of knocking him down like he is now. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, I don't understand. What's the reason for the boyfriend to be jealous then? Right. Because he, yeah, he, Drake wasn't even Drake yet. You know, I hear a lot of women tell those stories about how, as an artist, their boyfriends would get jealous if they would be in the studio with other artists. I ain't gonna lie, Drake right now. He's a sniper. <laughs> I got to come with you. I got to be there too cuz I, I, I know Drake. Like yeah, what if what if Maxwell story. wanted to interview Gia for the new book on a one-on-one? <laughs> and you see the knees. <laughs> nah. <laughs> See, that's what I'm talking about. That's how. Nah. Why can't I be there? I, I mean, they can do a one-on-one in them there. And, and he likes to drop it. Make things watch. awkward. And he likes Crazy. to drop it low now you too. You see, boy. he got the the Megan Thee Stallion uh, Maxwell knees now. No. Oh, so you want to? Oh, you want to join? You you are different. What you mean join? <laughs> you different. The way you described that scene just now, you want in on the action to <laughs> go down. All right, the first Captain America comic sold over for sold for over three million dollars at an auction, three point one million dollars. It was purchased on Thursday as part of Heritage Auctions Comics and Comic Art event that concludes this Sunday. So, hey man, comics are the wave. Mm-hmm. Well, you you know that auction's happening till Sunday. If there's anything you see that you might want. All right, and Megan Good and her ex-husband uh, Devon Franklin have finalized their divorce. They've been married for over nine years. They announced their divorce to the world last December, and now they're saying that it is uh, finalized. So wish them both the best of luck. And people are saying that Jennifer Lopez is engaged because she had on a huge ring. She was wearing a large diamond ring on her left hand in a new paparazzi photo that was released on Thursday. So she was seen shopping for furniture with her daughter in L.A. and... That picture has been released. That's cute, though. Going circling the block, coming back to somebody that you used to be in love with. And congratulations to Ashanti. She got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame that was unveiled yesterday, honoring her for her career that has included hits, eight Grammy nominations, and all of that. We saw Ja Rule was there. Tashina mm-hmm. Arnold was there. Was Irv there? I didn't see him there, mm. if he was. I know Mama was there, right, Mama Ashanti? Of course. Of course she was. How could she not be? Come on. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that is your rumor report. Okay. All right, Charlamagne. Who are you giving that down to? Oh, uh, man. I need a young man to come to the front of the congregation. His oh. name is uh, Kamari. What's Kamari's last name? Kamari Oliver. He's 18 years old, man. And we're going we gonna to talk some simple math this morning. Okay. All right. We'll get to that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Hey, it's Angela Yee. Have you taken a look at the general insurance lately? Switch to the general and you could save over $500 on your car insurance. Call 800-GENERAL or visit thegeneral.com. The General Auto Insurance Services, Inc., an insurance agency, Nashville, Tennessee. Some restrictions apply. I was born a donkey. It's the donkey of the day. That's time for the donkey of the day. That's pretty really funny. Charlamagne the devil? Possibly. <laughs> the Breakfast Club. Yes, donkey of the day for Friday, April 8th. And drop one of the clues bombs for me because I think I got the day and date right every day this week. 
Friday, April 8th. Uh, today's donkey goes to Kamari Oliver, an 18-year-old Las Vegas student in the Clark County School District who is now facing charges of murder, robbery, burglary, and kidnapping in connection with a botched home invasion that left the woman dead. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. When I see stories like this, all I can hear is my father in my ear telling me trouble is easy to get into and hard to get out of. Drop one of the clues bombs from my pops. Okay, Larry McKelvey, Kitfield, South Carolina. Love you, sir. Uh, that piece of advice is one of the greatest pieces of advice that you can give a young person or anybody, really. Trouble is easy to get into, but hard to get out of. One thing that churn don't understand is that what you do today will directly impact your life tomorrow. And there's certain things you should just say no to. Okay, this generation is really one of the stupidest generations in human history. In fact, I think... It's probably the stupidest generation in human history. I mean, there's been so many advancements in technology, but I don't think there's been many advancements in people. Now, the reason I believe this is one of the dumbest generations ever is because this generation has so much evidence as to why certain things will just simply not work. And crime is absolutely one of those things that will simply not work. What's that saying? Uh, Smart people learn from their own mistakes. Wise people learn from the mistakes of others. Well, what do people who are smart, who are uh, not smart, nor wise do? Well, they just be dumb. And the world is happening all around them, and they pay no attention to it. They pay no attention to their present. So you know they're not paying attention to their past or their future. And what's sad about this Kamari Oliver situation, from this story, it sounds like he was actually caring about his future somewhat because he was still doing his homework. Yes, Kamari wasn't a young 18-year-old who, you know, devoted his life to crime or had an extensive criminal history. This is actually his first offense. He was a young 18-year-old who, to me, sounds like he was trying to be a dual threat. Uh, The Deion Sanders of criminal and school assignments, if you will. And Kamari is a prime example of why you can't do both. In fact, doing both is what literally got him caught. Okay, being involved with the crime got him caught, and doing his homework also got him caught. Uncle Charlotte, Brother Leonard, what the hell are you talking about? Well, let's go to Fox 5 for the report, please. To Joe, police say a man accused in a home invasion left his math homework in the getaway car. Okay, that's okay. one of the details in a new police report of an incident that left a woman dead. 18-year-old Kamari Oliver faces several charges, including open murder. Police say last month, Oliver, along with two others, entered the victim's home near Robindale and Jones to rob it. The woman, now identified as Natalie Mundley, pulled out a gun and shot at them. Metro says at least one of those suspects shot back and hit her multiple times. The victim's boyfriend says the group uh, saw the group leaving and ran their car with his own into a nearby wall. That group did get away, but police found a backpack in the car with that math homework we talked about earlier. Police arrested Oliver a few days later when he showed up to school. No, we got to play a game. <sighs> Shut up, okay? Can we get through the donkey first, all right? Um, trouble is easy to get into and hard to get out of, all right? Uh, sending healing energy to the family of Natalie, who was killed in this incident, man. And mm. stories like this is why Trey wanted Doughboy to let him out of the car. 
Okay, Trey knew he wasn't built for that life. Trey knew that life had no future. Trey just wanted to go to Morehouse and have a future with Brandy, who was going to Spelman. That's why he told Doe to let him out of the car. All right, the fact, Kamari, that you had your backpack with your Chromebook along with a notebook of schoolwork on your person lets me know that you, too, wanted to get out of the car. All right, some young person out there is listening to me right now, and they will be faced with the opportunity to make a penitentiary choice this weekend, and I want to be the first to tell you to get out of the car. Tell Doe to let you out. All right? Matter of fact, that's advice for if you've gotten into the car. Let's be even more preventive here. Don't you take your ass around them churn who don't want to do anything with themselves. All right? Them little folks is going to jail, and you're not going with them. All right? Kamari Oliver is the hood version of Hansel from Hansel and Gretel, but instead of leaving breadcrumbs for them to follow to return back home, he left his math homework in the getaway car to lead police right to his front door. In this situation, it led police to his school where they questioned Kamari about his injuries because he had a burn and laceration above his right eye. Kamari said he had been in a fight over the weekend. Then police, who also obtained camera footage, they obtained camera footage, I said, they obtained camera footage of Kamari disposing the murder weapon near the crime scene questioned you know him about the murder and that's when he asked for a lawyer and that's when they stopped ask, asking questions now Kamari's lawyers are saying evidence will show uh, he did not go inside of that house and he's an 18 year old with no prior criminal history as an adult or juvenile a lawyers got a lawyer but the fact of the matter is he should have gotten out of the car all right you can't do both nobody in the history of life has done positive and negative, all right? The negative will always catch up to you when the negative is this extreme, all right? It will always catch up to you before the positive does. That's why crime shouldn't even be an option, okay? Hey, young world, please, please, please do something that I didn't do when I was Kamari's age. Do something that Kamari didn't do now. Learn from the mistakes of others, okay? You wanna do a math problem? I have a simple one for you that will keep you out of trouble. When something doesn't add up, subtract yourself. Maybe I could say that another way. When things aren't adding up in your life, start subtracting. That means people, places, habits that all may be causing things not to add up. And crime should never be part of that equation. It's one of the first things you should, you should subtract. Please give Kamari Oliver the biggest hee haw. Now, 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 why you, why you want to play a game? Let's play a game. I just want to play a game. Why? Because it's, fr it's Friday. Well, what that got to do with anything because it's Friday? I don't know. I just wanted to say I that. I thought to say because it's freaky, freaky Friday. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, what? All right, okay, if you All right. must. All right. Come on. Let's play a game of Guess What Racing! All right. Kamari Oliver, 18 years old, uh -huh. a young man from Las Vegas. Oh got caught is facing charges of murder, robbery, burglary, and kidnapping in connection with a botched home invasion that left the young woman dead all because he left his math homework in the car. Guess what race he is! Envy? Now I'm thinking about this, right? Okay. Think of a student. Close your eyes. Class, who loves math? Who loves to do math problems that left their math homework? Always has their math on them. This is gonna sound crazy. All this right, is gonna go sound ahead. nuts. I don't know. I don't know what race. You know what? I'm not <laughs> you thought about it. I'm not trying to help. Right up. I'm not, I'm you not got right up it. to that ledge and no. decided not to jump, huh? Yeah. No. You got right up on that. Uh, what's that thing on the pool? That board? The diving board. <laughs> the diving board. You decided not to jump in, huh? I'm gonna say black. I wow. Am, I am. 
Wow. Because we're very smart and we're very into our math and our numbers and everything. So I'm going to say black. Wow. Because I'm good with numbers. Yeah, my son's wow. good with numbers. Oh, okay. Black. Well, his name is Kamari. What does that mean? I don't know anybody. You don't know white people named Kamari? No. Huh? Angela Yee, Kamari Oliver, 18 years old, Las Vegas student, facing charges of murder, robbery, burglary, and kidnapping in connection with a botched home invasion that left the young woman dead, all because he left his math homework in his car. Guess what race he is? Uh, yes, I'm going to say that he is black. I know we should Because his name is Kamari? That's so racist, Yee. Why is that racist? I don't know. I just it's not to say a bad that. name. What is he, Charlamagne? I don't like playing this game when it's not white people, man. <laughs> I'm just be honest with y'all. I see people on YouTube say that, and I never thought about it. They all be like, it's always a white person with guess what race it is. I don't like playing this game when it's not a white person. But both of y'all are correct. Mario Oliver is black. See? I'm black. So you were trying to say because black people love math? Yeah, I, I love saying? math, okay. so I just knew it was black because I, you know, no math. All right. And I want to say, I want to say, I want to say he's not black. He's nigger, but I don't want to say that because he's only 18 years old and this is his first offense. Correct. He could have just been in the car, didn't know what was going on. He should have got out the exactly. car. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. All right. All right. Well, up next, we have comedian Tony Baker. He's going to be joining us. Uh, he has some sold-out shows in New York this weekend, so we're going to kick it with Tony Baker. All right, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club, Envy, Angela Yee, and Charlemagne the God. Hi, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. Man, very requested guest. Highly requested guest. Really? Yes. Tony wow. Baker is here. <laughs> wow. What's happening, time. my brother? Man, for the first time, this is debut. I love y'all, by the way. I nah, want to interview y'all. <laughs> like I, I want to ask y'all the questions. So tell me, how'd y'all get in radio? Yeah, that. And listen, yeah. Ida Rodriguez, I know she absolutely loves you. She yeah. always talks about you. So she hit me too. She was like, "Are you going to have Tony Baker on the show?" I'm like, "It's already taken care of." Yes, that that is my dog right there for no. sure, 100. percent No, I had everybody hitting me from Sean King to, to <laughs> <laughs> the comedians like Isaiah Kelly. I'm like, yeah. "What well, the Everybody okay. on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, because it was. Like man, I want to be on the Breakfast Club. I always want to be on. I was like, I'm doing Caroline's this weekend. That's right. Let me just, you know, put it out there in the universe. You didn't man. need our help for that though, because you sold that out quick. Man, yeah, it sold out. I was like, New York pulled up because New York always in the comments section. When you coming to New York, son? Mm -hmm. When you could word is born, son? When you coming? I was like, all right, if I come out there, buy the tickets early, and they did. Now I saw, um, I saw a, a, a bit you did when you read turn the stage man cause I know you, condolences on your son oh thank you you know but I was very intrigued cause I was mm -hmm. like how does a comedian approach something right you know like this so how, how have you been holding up first of all this has been first like the scariest I've ever been comedically like mm. uh, normally like I'm the type of comedian that I talk about whatever's going on in my life and then I talk about like on the surface stuff like you know observations and stuff like that but then you know I, I always include what I'm going through in my life. And mm -hmm. so with that, it was like, you know, comedy, my son passed August 3rd in a car accident, for those that don't know. And then uh, I went on the road August 25th to Atlanta. So I was like, uh, and I needed the comedy. I needed to, you know, keep working and making people laugh as part of my, you know, therapy. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, uh, but I'm scared to do it because people saw me lose my son in real time. No, wait, wait, wait. So it's not like, you know, you just see me and like, man, he lost his son. But we didn't know him then, so we can kind of detach from that reality. Yeah. So now 
I was, I'm scared to bring that material out because th the crowd is hurting too. Mm -hmm. So they're mourning with me. So it was just like, man. So I finally did it on Keep Your Distance, mm -hmm. which is a virtual comedy show that Kev on stage does. And it went and it went well. I told the audience, look, man, I need to talk about this, so y'all mm -hmm. need to open up. And then they received it. Yeah, I, I just saw, felt so I saw some of the things that you, you said. Yeah. Too, so. About the cremation. Like, yeah, you know, how do I know, I know it's really him and the urn? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to know. I need to check this, this dust right here. And I thought it was funny, but I was like, am I supposed to laugh? Yes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's man. the weird part. But yeah. it's like, there, there's comedy everywhere. Uh, you just got to be able to find the, the sweet spot, I guess, to be able to make it relative and, like, funny. That's I, what Marlon Wayne said when he was up here. He yeah. was like, when you're a comedian, even a funeral, you can find some type oh, of... Absolutely. And he said that exact same thing. Yeah, so it's like, you know, because I'm sitting there mm -hmm. and I'm laughing, you know. I was able to laugh, like, you know, the day he passed, I'm laughing, you know, crying. You know, I still cry daily, but it's like I laugh at stuff every day, too. So yeah, it's right, like, right. I was like, man, I never thought... You know, you never you never know how you're going to react to stuff until it happens. Yeah, I mean, I'm, listen, I'm from the country. I'm from Moscow, yeah. South Carolina, so we laugh at everything but I feel yeah. like sometimes with comedians it's like an obligation to be funny but what if I don't feel like being funny right now right yeah <laughs> yeah know? there's those moments where it was just like I guess it was just in me and I found that out going through that I was just like man I'm still cracking jokes yeah yeah like yeah. I can't believe this like at the funeral I'm doing a set <laughs> you know I did 15 minutes at the funeral just like yeah man crying and then I would be like yeah he was always late so I'm sure he was late to the afterlife too. Mm -hmm. Like God was like, man, <laughs> yo, I called you 20 minutes ago. What took you so long? I had to, I had to put lotion on. You yeah, know? you don't you don't get ashy here. Like, <laughs> you never know. You got to look good. And I, I saw you said that the crowd gets tight, right? Mm -hmm. So when crowds get uncomfortable, as a comedian, you're used to, I guess, loosening them up, right? Yeah, so, yeah. So going up there, like I'll cuss a crowd out. That's the kind of comedian what? I am. Like <laughs> if the comedian, is, if the if the crowd is too stiff. I'll cuss them out, mm -hmm. like, you know, if because yeah. like there's certain rooms where they'd be like, "Prove it to us," and they just sit there, arms folded, and then I saw know. somebody bring her boyfriend to a comedy show, and he was sitting there like mad yeah. the whole time, <laughs> yeah. right in the front too. You can't be in the front with that energy. And Take then, that to yeah, the back. They ripped him. Yeah, you should be. If you're gonna be in the front, we <laughs> need the energy. Fake it. But if you're going to be arms folded, McGee, right. sit in the back. Sit your ass in the back <laughs> with that energy. You'd be like, look out, man. But with, with with this type of topic, and it's not like I was forcing myself to find the material because some comedians do too much and they feel like I have to make everything funny out of everything. Mm -hmm. For me, it was just organic. It was just like, you know, I'd be looking at my son's urn. It's right in the living room. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, how do I know that's him in there? <laughs> they could have handed me any type of... Your son. That's true, though. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, yo, can I take this on Maury to make sure this is my son in here? You know what I'm saying? The DNA. You know what's so crazy about that when I heard you say it? I think I would have to watch. I know it's yeah. cruel as it sounds, only right. because they be harvesting organs and stuff. Right. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So I want to make sure y'all... Oh, you want to watch the process yeah, I when make they sure go in get, the oven. Yeah, yeah. I want yeah. to make sure everything is gone. Is that you what you want sure. to be cremated also? Oh, definitely. Throw me in that oven. 375. <laughs> make nice slow up, roast. <laughs> I want to be slow roasted. <laughs> Put some seasons in there too if you want to. I don't know slow 375 roasted. is hot enough. <laughs> no, I don't think, but that's, y'all yeah. want it to last like a week. Be like, slow roast me <laughs> if they can. You know what I mean? So, y'all yeah. want to be cremated? I haven't thought about it, I, man. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't know. You want to be buried? Why do you want to be cremated? Because we're running out of real estate. That is true. So you don't want to... <laughs>
It's okay. overcrowded. It's like, especially New York. We drove through Queens. It's all cemetery. Well, that's very thoughtful of you. So just because of overcrowding. Yeah. Like, because, you know, or they got to dig up them old bodies of people that died in 1869. You got to get out of there. Yeah. Ain't nobody coming to visit you no more. You died in 1869. Oh, my God. Your family moved. But that is true. I guess it's um, more inexpensive, too, like as far as Mm -hmm. having to buy a plot of land and having to get a casket, because caskets are expensive, too. Yeah. And you dead. And then the outfit. You, you need you the gone. outfit. <laughs> what you what you care? That's you know right. what I'm saying? Just throw me in there. Yeah, because you have to have on like something nice. Yeah. You know, That's you a waste of a good outfit. <laughs> waste of a good outfit. You waste a good suit. That's real. You know, and then you sitting there in one location. Like, what if you don't like the location no more? Your That's family real. done moved to different states. I'm like, scatter me around, put me in a put me in a garden of a nice house and just okay. Sprinkle me right there. He would love this house. Sprinkle me. The owner would come out. What you doing out there? You just run off. Yeah. But I would think about those movies where they're like, don't bury me. I'm not dead. Oh, yeah. Buried alive. Yeah. So what if like. You were still alive. Yeah. And now they got cremated. Yeah. (laughs) But you did. They already did your autopsy. You could have woke up then. But y'all better start thinking about this, man. It's coming. I know. We were talking about about it. I saw you post the the funeral where he was in the club. Yeah, he was standing on stage. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, that's how I want my funeral, though. See? We were talking about this the other day. I want yeah. a party. Do you, yeah. want us to have, you want us to have your ashes in the club? No, no, no. I want... I, keep my body for the for the actual party. game night. I want a game night, though. <laughs> game I don't night. want the club, because I'm not a club boy. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, okay. You know, so prop me up at the table. Uno cards in my hand. And you can pay your respects. You put that reverse down. Come back to his tone reverse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah That's yeah. a good funeral right there. That's how I was living. Oh or, or on stage with a mic. Okay. Right. Whatever you was into. Like for y'all, y'all would be propped club. up in the radio uh, station. I don't know if that's how I wanted. You got Charlemagne in the corner, you know what I'm saying, stirring the pot. So put like a pot here and he's stirring it. Have Angela E. did with the info on yeah. the guest like. <laughs> Hard hitting questions. Doing an interview, just be over here not really knowing who the guest is, and like, <laughs> give, me your, give me your top five such and such. Give me your top five real estate investments of all time. All right, we have more with comedian Tony Baker when we come back. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with comedian Tony Baker. Yee. All right, so look, you guys just talked about Gerard Carmichael. Did you watch his special? Yes. Rothania. What did you think? I loved it. Yeah. Like, I didn't I didn't laugh a lot, mm-hmm. but I loved it. <laughs> I'm for real. Well, no, it was, God damn, it was like a community real, yeah. gathering where he's interacting with the yes. audience. It felt, like, it felt like he wasn't forcing the jokes. He wasn't forcing the comedy. It was like, you can laugh or you can not. When he, when he came out, I feel like the, the laughter revved up after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was some good good things in there but mm-hmm. it felt very personal it felt like a conversation and you know there was a moment in there that hit me personally when he said his mom was silent right. so that hit me personally because I feel like when I lost my son my dad and my oldest brother they just fell back and mm. I was just like yo and I told him I was like yo y'all don't have to give me space here like I need y'all around and he was like yeah we hear you but uh, we gonna give you space anyway you know why mm-hmm. man That's so it's so difficult when you have a loved one and they lose somebody really close to them cause right. you don't know how to show up for them yeah you know what I'm saying you yep. let them know I'm here for you if you need me yeah but I don't know how to show up for you it's right. weird man it's, it's yeah. strange and that and that's 
And that's why I told him, I was like, you you don't have to, when people are grieving, I think we overthink it a lot, and we be like, man, I gotta come in there, and I gotta, I gotta hit them with some hard hitting, I gotta come in and say, you know, I gotta have God, that quote. God puts things in, in place <laughs> exactly. to where we, you don't have to do all that. You word, can just word. be like, for me, I hate talking on the phone. Like, notoriously, <laughs> don't call me. And so all I need is a text, like <laughs> thinking of you, love you, bro. There's, there's my uh, my boy Demetrius. He texts me every single day, love you, bro. And that's all I need. Why do you hate talking on the phone? I hate talking on the but phone. But why? Former drug dealer, PTSD. No, because oh. you got to you got to show up first of all. On the phone. On the phone, you got to be there. You got to have <laughs> energy. You got to have a back and forth. <laughs> a lot of people. A lot of people just want to call you no, that's real. And, and talk to you and vent, and you just sitting there taking it, and I wasn't ready to take it. Oh, so now I'm man. like, yeah, yeah, that's crazy, that's crazy. <laughs> now I'm that's crazy to death. And then it's like, you got to be on. Then when you get quiet, it's like, man, you good? Why are you quiet? I'm just, I, 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 this is all I got. So all of that, I got to prep for it. So it's like, man, what you want? So you seem like you would be a phone tucker from watching like your podcast and stuff yeah. like that. It feels like you would be like a good phone conversationalist. Right. I mean, I can, I can, I can hang in there. I can hold my own. <laughs> But if I don't feel like talking, I'll just be Man. like, that's crazy, Angela. Yep, that's yeah. crazy. Man. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you just got to hang in there, you know what I'm saying, take it one day at a time. You got and people you that take advantage quiet. of that? You got people that take advantage of that? Like they know what time to call you? Like let me call him like around 9.30 a.m. when he just getting up. This is what I know people do. They'll text me and then I'll text back and they'll call me right after that. Cause, so they, they know. They know, you're paying they, it, you're, you have your phone. Exactly, yep. they know you can answer right now. Yeah. And I still watch it die. I will watch that phone call die off in my hand. I'll be like. <laughs> or if you post something on social media and then they call you right after, they're like, boom. I know he's on his phone. Mm -hmm. He just posted He just posted this. Yeah. And I see it too. I'm like, I just posted it. Now they call me. <laughs> I will watch that phone call die off. <laughs> Do you ever not post because you don't want anybody to call you? Yes. Do I've that done too. that. <laughs> so you don't like the phone either. Uh, I talk on the phone. You know when I talk on the phone for real? When I'm in the car, mostly. Oh, yeah. Like if I'm driving and I got the Bluetooth, yeah. it's easier for me. Like while I'm just driving, because I got to be here anyway, there's right. nothing else I could really be doing mm -hmm. at the same time. You can multitask, yeah. especially when you got the, the good, when you talking to them, like it's like they're in the ceiling of the car. <laughs> You're just like, yes, I told her right. And sometimes you got to, you know, take it one day at a time. Yeah. I can do it then. Mm -hmm. But if I'm at home, nah, man, text. Tony Baker, thank yeah. you for coming, my brother. Yeah, um, you gotta so, come back again. Oh, if y'all don't promise me a good time. Absolutely. Done. That's done. Because I got y'all DMs now. <laughs> Follow us now. Oh, man, it's over for y'all, man. <laughs> it's Tony Baker. It's The Breakfast Club. Yes. The Breakfast Club. Hey. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Good morning. You know me and Ross are going. What's happening? We're going back and forth for Instagram right now. Oh yeah, what is it? Car show beef. It's car show beef. Mm-hmm. Ross just uh, can, can I play what, what Ross just put online? Okay. Can you play play right fast before? Hey, forgive me, man. I just seen the 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 drop DJ Envy did talking about the car shows at Envy. You was naming them them new foreign cars like they were something, man. You could pick your favorite five foreign cars, your most expensive, and I got one watch that costs more than them. But when it comes to classics, I got classics that's worth more than 
your whatever the big words of V3 Envy you more than welcome to come down May 21st you'll be there oh boy you'll be there right yeah, don't don't go out there and get embarrassed. I'm not gonna get embarrassed. I mean, we we don't go out there and get embarrassed. Like, like I said, I, I don't I don't drive the old cars. I'm not a mechanic. I don't know how to fix them. I, I like cars from my era. You're like I, I'm I'm the kid wow. from the, the the era of you know where drug dealers drove the, the BMWs and the and the Mercedes back then. The AMGs, the E30, M30. From? Ross is deep from the classic era. Right? <laughs> Ross is a little older. Ross plays with those uh, Chevy Classics and all those cars. We didn't exactly. drive those in New York. Them Miami, hey, listen, them Miami dope boys. I keep telling you, you better st- leave them boys alone. No, they got micro, they got microwaves in their trunk. I don't. They got I, full ovens in their trunk. They can cook gourmet meals out the trunks of their car. Ross ain't gonna impress me with a microwave in his car. You got more. He got more stuff. Right. He's saying. Hey, DJ Envy, you went and bought them cars from the dealership, and you felt like they was custom. Mm-mm-mm. Or did you stitch DJ Envy in the headrest? <laughs> That's country. Hey, Envy, come on, man. Come on down here, man. Come down here to the south, man. Wow. Come on down here to the south, man. Let me show you what a a million dollar old school look like, huh? Damn. Yeah. Huh? Huh? Let me show you what a million dollar old school look like, DJ Envious. Sound like somebody getting called out. Where you at? Huh? Now I'm gonna <laughs> now I gotta bring all the cars to Rick Ross car show. Yes, you do. Now Ross, I'm telling you, I'm bringing all the cars. Make sure you have enough room in that little property that you have. I'm y'all just joking. Spend, he got the biggest property. I'm just, I'm just joking. He got the biggest property. property. Just, that's how you try to place about that little property. He got the biggest property. Y'all in gonna spend about a million dollars in gas <laughs> showing off. <laughs> Bunch of dummies, <laughs> bunch, of, <laughs> a bunch of donkeys. Gonna spend a million dollars oh, in man. gas showing off. Shout out to Ross, man. Okay, we love those cars. That's what it is. All right, but let's get to the rumors. Let's talk new music. Listen up. It's just in. All the gossip, gossip. The rumor report. Gossip with Angela, Angela Yee. It's the rumor report. The Breakfast Club. All right, so you know it's Friday. Remember when new music used to come out on Tuesdays? Now it's on Fridays. Mm-hmm. All right, so Coyle Ray has her album Trendsetter out, and one of the songs we talked about in our interview is Overthinking with her. I like how her sound on that song too is a little different. Mm-hmm. So, all right, and uh, Fabio Foreign has his album Bible out today. We all know um, we've been playing. What song we've been playing this morning? We played "What's My Name" with Queen Naja and Coyle Ray. Yes, with the "Say My What's Name" my, sample. Say my name, say my name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think Fabio had to actually clean that up. Some Beyonce had to hear it to approve it. So that was a little dirty at first for her. But his album is out today. Also, Vince Staples' "Ramona Park Broke My Heart" is out today. ESTG and Four Two Doug, last ones left. And here is one song off that called "Free the Shiner." <laughs> Also, Paul Wall and Terminology have their start to finish out today. Girl Talk, Wiz Khalifa, Big Crit, and Smoke Dizza have full court press. And some new singles out today. Little Baby dropped two songs in a minute and right on. Here's right on. Chloe Bailey put out a new single, Treat Me. Treat me. 
All right, also Bia and J. Cole. And she teased that she had some new music coming out, and it's with J. Cole. It's called London. I like to tangle, twisting and tangle, testing the angles, up in the bank, though. I got the singles, you with the same ones. I like the bank, bro. Planes just landed, Heathrow, hop off the G4 standard. We see a off this G code, we blow his top now, he's volcanic. Please don't panic. All right, also, Jack Harlow put out new music, First Class, Rowdy Rebel, Rowdy versus Rebel, IDK and K. Chanda, it's called Taco. And I'm hearing that Gunplay has uh, new music out today, Auntie Hold Up. In the cloud of gun smoke, monolithic on the stick, I'm terrific with the stroke. I get him crack back a bow, ain't even take it to the dope. They had to drop the situation, victim never came to coke. I had to get it out hey. the butt, I had to chip it out the bow. I don't be tripping by the hoe, you treat him different. Yeah, Gunplay actually dropped the whole album called uh, All BS Aside. All BS Aside. Okay, I see it now. All BS Aside. Gunplay. Album out now. All right, that's on Empire. All right, so shout out to everybody with their new music out today. I also saw Tory Lanez discussing Chris Brown's album. He said he had a chance to listen to some of Chris Brown's music. He said every song is a banger. You know that song, Warm Embrace, that Chris Brown put out last week. A lot of people are loving that song. It's really, really dope. Uh, he sampled Guy on that song, Let's Chill. So. And everybody been, been doing it up. I'm going to actually start the mix off with, with Let's Chill. All right, let's do it. Hey, I want to salute another R&B artist. Let's salute August Alcina, too. Okay, because uh, I, I spoke to August yesterday, and he wants the people to know that he's not writing uh, any tell-all book about anything. Mm. And, and there is never a need to go that low to write a book detailing anything about that situation. And he doesn't even know where that rumor came from. It mm. came from The Sun, and then it was reported on multiple um, platforms. But yes, he did a whole post yesterday letting people know that, no, he does not have any type of tell-all book coming out. Matter of fact, he sent me a copy of a check that he got, he said, it's okay for you to say this, but the check was for like $405,000. He said like, that he too. Need- <laughs> What's the check for? And he, and he, uh, Publishing. Um, yeah, yeah music. Yeah, he said, he said he would never dishonor himself by taking low vibrational money to write a book, and, and he said he just got a half a million dollar check from Screams on his music. That is From Screams on music, that's like 10 years old, so he's not hurting for nothing. And yes, he. And it he was a surprise me check. He let sent me, me that see. check too. Let me make sure I, I have that right. Y'all send me that. Send me the check. Let me get it. Let me get no, it's not. It. Oh. It's 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 actually just an accounting thing. But I'm just yeah, four hundred and five thousand dollars. So shout out to. I was to actually shocked by that August. though because I th- I thought artists weren't making money on screams, but clearly August is. Good artists always make money because people always listen to their music. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get to the mix. We're gonna start off with some less chill, some R and B. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. I teamed up with Zyrtec for this allergy relief message. Springtime brings vibrancy to the air and pollen. So I take Zyrtec when allergy symptoms start. Save the tissues and live vibrantly with Zyrtec. Starts working at hour one and stays strong day after day. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest joining us this morning. Comedian Rip Michaels. What up, Rip? How you doing, man? Fresh off the plane playing hooky for a while now, so I'm not supposed to be here, actually. Yeah. yeah, you got the comedy show at the Barclays this weekend. Yes, I do. Yes, and I was actually filming while now this morning, and I came on the plane, told him I was going to the bathroom, and I'm here. Wow. <laughs> that was a long bathroom call. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I, I got to make sure other things are going on since I lost my job at the Dick Cannon show. So, so you uh, can't post anything. <laughs> you can't post anything the whole time you're here. No, no, I'm just going to tell him. about where you're going. I was going to tell him it's my stomach. I'm going to say, that was Ja Rule. He just gained a little weight. That's what I'm going to tell people. <laughs> 
Well, if you don't know Rip Michaels, he does a uh, April Fool's Day comedy show each and every year. He does a, a bunch of markets. He's doing one in New York this weekend. So if you're in the New York area or you can make it down to New York, it's not a far drive depending on where you're at. Uh, he has everybody who's everybody in comedy. So who's some of the people that's going to be joining us oh, this weekend? T.I. Angry T.I. is going to do that. And whatever you do, don't make any sexual <laughs> allegations about T.I. because apparently he will rip your wig off or whatever. Actually, <laughs> some unstable comedy. Because uh, T.I. got mad at me, but I'm so excited to bring him. He got mad at you? He got mad at me because I was doing a joke. Uh, T.I. just hit you now. I know, he just hit me. Just look at it. The spirit of T.I. just hit me in the face. <laughs> I just took it to the chin. Look at that. Will Smith and uh, Energy with the microphone. But uh, I was making fun of it and I had this joke and I was like, well, you women who listen to their best friends that haven't had a girl since T.I.'s wife is pretty. And he got so Ooh. mad. I said, was pretty. Like, I used to love him when she was in Escape and he got so mad and then turned into some whole thing. And so what happens? Like, so, so now what happens in that situation? So now you, you, you talk about the man's wife and then he sees you. So what happens? Oh, yeah. no. At the internet, we did a huge podcast thing with him. And it just, mm -hmm. uh, he was uh, making Godfrey apologize for, uh... <laughs> and it's funny because T.I. is so intimidating. Like, as a little guy, he's such an intimidating, intense dude. So you end up apologizing somehow mm -hmm. and uh, tell him. But I'm bringing him to Brooklyn so Brooklyn can experience T.I. So does that mean that joke is cut now? Yeah, I will never be cut. doing that joke again. And I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm mad that I did it on uh, <laughs> Breakfast Club. So oh, Goodness gracious. So who else is performing? Oh, we got T.I. We got uh, Lil' ha -ha Kim. Davis. Ha Ha Davis gonna be there. Nick Cannon. Mm -hmm. uh, Lil' Kim. Is Nick uh, Cannon, is he doing comedy? Look, Nick Cannon always done comedy. You yeah. always have to no, no, no. So is wait, he Nick Cannon is he performing because Nick does so many different things. I don't know if Nick is hosting, if he's gonna be performing, Gigolo. selling shoes. You know, <laughs> like, what is he doing? He can't do Jiggle no more. R. Kelly's in jail, but uh, uh, yeah, he's doing stand up. He's doing he's stand up. Doing, okay, and then. Lil Kim so is Nick Cannon is, is dipping out on Wildin' Out also? Yeah, but he's doing it. That's actually our last day. So okay. That's actually our last day of taping. So right after taping, he's coming, and it's got so many people. Uh, D-Ray Davis is on it, Michael Blackston, uh, Moneybag Yo, mm -hmm. uh, Lil Kim. I had to get Lil Kim on it to Brooklyn. Yeah, of course. Shout Brooklyn all day. And uh, him and Charlamagne got the same skin tone, so I thought that would be really cool because oh they both bleached their skin at the same place. Oh I thought that would be... <laughs> Talk about the artists before. I finally can. What? I love little Kim. What's wrong with that? She oh looked like gosh. Sammy Sosa in the face. I, don't I can do that. Like that. <laughs> I apologize, little Kim. You, you, when you say a joke and then you apologize, like, <laughs> well, because I don't want to get Will Smith now, because that's a whole new thing. So now, are you? Does that make you nervous at all? Like, has that ever happened to you? Has somebody ever approached you while you were on stage? Uh, never get been smacked, but of course people approach me on stage. But I'm a bigger when? guy, so it, it they kind of sit down. Uh, they approached me and I was like, "This is what you want to do," and they kind of sit down. They were like, "Oh, this dude ain't built for that." But I, never I, when I was DJ. No, no, oh. no, no. Because he jumped him on stage. Of course, oh, a thousand percent. <laughs> but if someone come up and uh, kind of bring that Will Smith energy, I a thousand percent. Uh, and I know this is not spiritual, but I am suing a thousand percent. I'm falling on the ground and I'm calling Selena and Barnes. I, I don't know why Chris Rock. <laughs> Injury attorney. I don't, I don't think they're together anymore. Yeah, they, one they, of them they died, broke up. I thought. They broke up, yeah. Oh, yeah. man, I'm just bringing bad news everywhere. Yeah, you just got to call Barnes. <laughs> but, I will, Barnes. Yeah, uh, but I will say Chris Rock does has lawyered up. So oh, he has lawyered up. Yes, he has. So we don't know what's about to happen because he could be suing the Oscars. He could be suing Will Smith. We don't know. Ah, see, smart, secretive. But you That's couldn't. Okay, so he didn't press charges at that time, right? That's you wouldn't have done that. Press charges? No, no, of course not. I'm not okay. press charges. We'd probably end up. What about you, Envy? You was DJing. No, no. See, it, it depends, right? It depends on your relationship, right? Okay. Let's say I'm doing a show and 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 rip, right? You come up there and I say something about you and you come and slap me, right? Now, me and you have a relationship. I don't know if I can sue you. I have enough. Now, if it's somebody I don't know, we don't have a relationship. 
not only am I suing, you get locked up that night because I gotta go all the way with it. I just can't get, I can't get a hundred thousand. I need a hundred million. You know what I mean? Oh. But somebody else, it's kind of. But also, I, Chris Rock. I mean, he was embarrassed. His kids see that, so I don't know. But they, they were friends. I don't know. That's a that's that's a that's a difficult. One. I think Will should just be like, you know what, bro? I I, I apologize. Here's a check. Just just piece more for the check. We don't know what's going to happen behind the scenes, though. It might happen. Well, his tickets are selling out everywhere. His tickets are selling out everywhere. He sold out immediately across the country with his tickets. So immediately. That's kudos to that man. So mm-hmm. I'm excited about uh, the show. And of course, man, you're on my new TV show, man. So that's, that's right. You have a new TV show? Yeah. Talk, talk about that. Urban Eats and Treats is coming on April 15th. So, man, check that out. And it's streaming in over 100 million homes. So nice. big shout out to LOL Network and P- NBC Peacock is everywhere. And it's a great show where I go around telling people that we got great stuff to eat in urban neighborhoods. And we showed it. Envy took me to his favorite restaurant and we chop it up. And Envy even left me with the bill at the end, Absolutely. which I thought well, was weird. Nice. Why you didn't ask me to do it? You know I got a lot of favorite restaurants in Brooklyn. Oh, season two. Let's go. I would love for you yeah. to do that. I own some places too. Oh my gosh, Shaq did it, Envy did it, Nick did it, so many other celebrities on it. It's gonna be crazy. You know, a lot of people don't know that the the Wild and Out tour was created by you. Yes. So now break down how you know you you creating the Wild and Out tour and all that. Well, that actually started because I was um uh, writing on uh, the Nick Cannon special, Scandal mm-hmm. Don't Shoot, and um we were sitting there and he was like, yo, we went to go watch Cat Williams, and he was like, yo, I wish that I could sell out arenas like this, and I was like, you're Nick. What do you mean you don't sell out arenas like that? And he was like, nah, I never have. It's one of my dreams. And I was like, well, you know, you have done a lot for me by putting me on the show and keeping me through all my antics and going way too far. Because you know me, I go way too far. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is what I, how I'm built. And I was like, I'll do that for you. So I actually started it here in New York at Amazura, of I all places. And I took, um, I walked up to Nick. I was like, look, man, I don't know how much you get, but here is some money and just the security date, and I'm going to do it. And I paid the whole cast, put them together, and we did Amazura. Me and my daughter actually gave the flies out today mm-hmm. and pushed it. And it was such a hard struggle. And I never forget that when I went back to Nick, he was like, I thought you was joking. I was like, no, man, the show is tomorrow. He was like, I got another show somewhere else. And I was like, look, whatever they're paying you, I will give it to you. Just show up for this, and we're going to start this whole thing. And we did it in Did end up doing two shows. And then we did one in Long Island. Um, and then it turned into this phenomenon. And I remember uh, his reps telling me that these people, I was like, look, we, this is a real tour. And he was like, these people don't matter. I was like, what do you mean they don't matter? He was like, this is not a real audience. And I that very next day, I went and booked over 20 arenas, and we just started selling wow. them out all across the country. Yeah, I maxed out on my credit cards, sold my car, and just put all the money I had and down, and I just did it. And we just knocking it out. And to this day, I still hold number two in the country for that year in Polestar um, for having the most sold-out venues across the, the country. Uh, Kelly Clarkson that year. Kelly Clarkson, yeah, that's yeah. Not bad to I did like two. I killed him in Duluth. I did seventeen thousand five in Duluth, and I did two shows. I still hold a record in DC for doing two shows in one night in two separate arenas. Did seventeen thousand five at Capital One, and another thirteen thousand at uh, Show Palace. Arena. Oh, so he can June. pay you now, Envy. June, if you listen, you see all this money you making. <laughs> he can pay you. You see all this money you making, June. Jeez, that wasn't about money. It was about the brand and Absolutely. actually bringing into people's homes. And I, I see how much people. Um, enjoy the show, mother and son, and father and daughter. I was like, this is finally something that you can take your kids to and enjoy. And that's what I've been doing ever since. Well, Rip Michaels, the April Fool's Day comedy show at is the Barclays, one of Saturday. my favorite places to be this Saturday in Brooklyn. It's me, uh, Nick Cannon, uh, T.I., uh, D. Ray Davis, Michael Blackson, Bruce Bruce, so many different comedians, especially, and we got Money Bag Yo performing live and Little Kim in her hometown. I had to bring Little Kim back to Brooklyn. And you know, it's a whole huge thing. Um, when we open up the show with Little Kim, just crazy. All right, well, it's Rip Michaels. Charlamagne, you got a positive note? I do have a positive note. And the positive note is simply this, man. Uh, if the words don't add up, 
it's usually because the truth wasn't included in the equation. I want you to remember that this weekend. Breakfast club, bitches! Do y'all finish or y'all done?